and welcome to the Black Final Girl podcast. I am your host, Clary, and this week I watched Julia de Calno's Titane 2021. Titane 2021 is a body horror psychological drama written and directed by Julia Ducourneau. I personally consider myself a fan of Ducourneau's work and her films make a lot of sense once you find out that her parents are doctors, specifically her mother is a gynecologist and her father is a dermatologist. And she herself has said that her flesh fascination comes from both of her parents being a doctor. And when I saw Raw back in 2016 for the first time, I knew immediately that she'd be a director that I would want to keep my eye on. And when Titane was announced and came out, that thought was immediately confirmed. Usually when it comes to directors, I can easily be like, this is my favorite work by them, and then this one is still good, but not necessarily my favorite. But with Raw and Titane, I find myself torn between picking one as being my favorite over the other. I find both stories to be incredibly rich. I find all the characters to be incredibly captivating. Even when they are doing some of the most gruesome things you'll ever see, you can't help but want to see more of these characters and exactly what is driving them to be the way that they are. I'm personally a big fan of body horror and movies that kind of push the boundaries of what it means to be human, and Titane definitely pushes those boundaries. I remember the year that this movie came out, it was getting compared a lot to another one of my favorite movies, and that is David Cronenberg's Crash. I think, in my opinion, these two movies don't actually have a lot in common outside of the fact that they involve vehicles and sex. But due to the comparison to Crash and my love of her first feature-length film, Raw, I immediately ran to go and see Titane when it came out. Also, let me just say something. When this movie first came out, or at least when I first saw it, the synopsis for the movie was incredibly vague. Like, the synopsis for me at that time was literally the definition of titanium. And the fact that it was being compared a lot to David Cronenberg's Crash and the synopsis was the definition of titanium, I fully went into this movie the very first time thinking that it was going to be kind of like a mix of Crash and Tetsuo the Iron Man which is a Japanese film I've never actually fully seen it but I know that he kind of like is slowly taken over by mechanical parts so I was like oh that is exactly what's gonna happen in this movie you know nothing truly could have prepared me for the things that I would witness in the film Titane and as years go on and things change the synopsis of this movie also changed or at least a new one came out and it's still just as vague but it is the one that I'm going to give to you so that you can come into this movie with the same amount of confusion but <laughs> different expectations and that plot is as follows Following a series of unexplained crimes, a father is reunited with his son who has been missing for 10 years. So I just want to say there's this thing about French horror and the only other country I can think of where it just kind of also leaves me perplexed after I've watched one of their horror movies is South Korea. Korean horror and French horror always leave me just kind of sitting there having an existential crisis, kind of thinking about my life, my actions, and not even in a way where it's like, whoa, I need to like change my life, but it's kind of like, 
what happened that made me actually sit here and complete this movie? <laughs> and also what happened to the directors that also made them sit down and come up with these things? I feel like some people might feel like I am overhyping this movie right now by comparing it to Korean horror, but I just had no idea what I was going in for. So from this point forward, spoilers ahead, because I am going to recap Titan 2021. The film starts off nice and easy with a father and a daughter driving down the road. The daughter is making car sounds with her mouth, which is clearly annoying the father. And once she sees this, she figures, hey, I know exactly how to make this situation 10 times better. Let me unbuckle my seatbelt and look out the back window instead of dealing with my dad. The father, obviously being a father, turns around to tell her to stop this. But in doing so, he takes his eyes off the road, leading to them crashing. And if I could describe with words the velocity that this car hits that cement barrier at, I would, but I can't. Just know that you feel the impact in your body as you're watching it. Anyways, after that, we then see the titanium plate being placed in Alexia's head before her parents go to take her home. She completely ignores her parents in favor of hugging and rubbing up on her parents' car that literally just gave her a severe head injury, but she likes what she likes and she knows what she wants. So some years later, we now see adult Alexia and she is a exotic dancer at a car show and she also proudly shows the scar that she received as a child from the car accident. She does a performance in front of a flamed out Cadillac before having to take a weird selfie and heading out to have her shower at the end of the night. And in there, she is beside another dancer named Justine. And I don't know why this <laughs> scene is one of the ones that sticks out for me in this movie because there is so much more gore and body horror and sights to see left in this movie but this scene is one of the ones that sticks with me so they're in the shower justine is trying to like be friendly towards alexia but alexia is like not having it right and alexia drops the soap casual you know it's normal whatever communal showers bar soap <laughs> i don't know why you wouldn't if you're in a communal shower in my opinion that is like the one time that you should have body wash but either way she drops her bar soap and reaches down to grab it, but at the same time, Justine, who has nipple piercings, is also reaching down to grab this, leading to Alexia's hair to get caught in Justine's nipple piercing. The amount of pain that I felt, even though it was not, it was not like an impactful moment in the movie, I just felt it when she tried to stand up and Justine's like, ow, my nipple piercing. And anyways, this scene is important because Alexia is intrigued by the metal that is now in Justine's body. She didn't care about Justine up until the second that she figured out these nipple piercings were here. But in my opinion, this scene is also very important because it is a moment where we begin to see Alexia's distinct lack of care, I guess, towards other humans because her hair is caught in this girl's nipple piercing and she's asking questions mostly about the nipple piercing. And then she's like, oh, does it hurt? And then the girl is like, no, it doesn't hurt. So she yanks her hair out of the nipple piercing, and again, the pain that you feel. She yanks her hair out and she says, he says it won't hurt, so it don't matter, girl. So it's the end of the night and Alexia is heading home, but she is stopped by a super fan who lets her know that he has been waiting for three hours to get her autograph. So she gives the autograph, but he like keeps going and he's not really catching the vibe. Like she very clearly does not want to talk to this man, but he keeps pushing it and keeps talking. 
He then forces her to kiss him, but he does not know who he is dealing with. Alexia pulls the hairpin out of her hair and proceeds to kill him with it. Like I said, there is so much gore and body horror left in this movie, but those nipple piercings will forever stay in my mind. After killing this man, Alexia then heads back to have a shower to wash away her hard work, right? When she leaves the shower, she sees the Cadillac that she had been dancing on earlier in the showroom on by itself. So since our girl Alexia is booty butt naked since she just came out of the shower and also incredibly intrigued by metal, she's like, hey, I'm gonna go feel up on this car. So she rubs up on the car a bit, then she hops inside of the car, booty butt naked, and then proceeds to have what looks like the best sex of her life with the Cadillac. And this is, I guess, where the crash comparisons for me begin and end. Um, and I'm laughing because the first time I saw it, I remember being like absolutely shook that she had sex with this car. But this time watching it, there was no other way for this movie to go. There was literally no other way than for me to sit down and watch a woman in the throes of passion with this Cadillac. That was like, there was no other way. You could not have written it any differently, especially when you take into consideration this movie was written kind of from the end scene backwards and when we get to the end scene i'll explain that a little bit more but the movie's like main focus was a recurring nightmare for julia okay so we'll get into that nightmare but either way alexia gets her back blown out by this cadillac and she heads home <laughs> just casually listen if you saw the car you would too <laughs> But back at her house, we see that Alexia continues to have a very strained relationship with her parents. Along with this strange relationship with her parents back home, we also see on the news, one, a mystery around a boy that went missing 10 years ago and how this mystery continues to remain unsolved. And two, about how there have been multiple victims in the South and that they found a new body. So while this news broadcast is on, right, Alexia's sitting on the couch just munching. Her dad is sitting at the table also just eating. But the more the news reporter talks, the more the father is staring his daughter down. And you just gotta come to terms that he knows. He knows that she is evil. And he does not support women's rights or wrongs. But due to his daughter just sleeping with a car, her stomach now hurts. So the mother is like, hey, husband, you need to check on our daughter's stomach because, you know, it hurts. And this is, again, another scene where you can just see that there has not been a lot of human connection in this girl's life. Her father barely wants to touch her, even to check if she's okay. He hates this girl. So later on that night, Alexia and Justine are having a good time doing what girls do, right? So Alexia is licking Justine's nipple piercings. And I'm making sure that I say her nipple piercings because it has nothing to do with Justine's body, Justine's nipple, Justine's boob. It is specifically the piercing that she is just aggressively licking. Like, have you ever seen like a dog after you've like gone out for like a walk and you're like, here's some water and that is its saving grace. That is Alexia with these nipple piercings. She even starts to, I'm telling you, every single scene involving these nipple piercings. There's not a lot of these scenes, but they really get me, like, I hate it. So she starts literally yanking at this nipple piercing with her teeth aggressively. I have no other way to explain it besides aggressively. <laughs> and 
After Justine gets angry that her nipple piercings are being yanked so hard, Alexia storms off in anger. And this is a very important scene because Alexia heads over to this water, right, to throw up. And while she's throwing up, she notices that her stomach is a little bit bloated, so she starts pushing on it, right? And as she pushes on her bloated stomach, I guess something happens in her lower area, right? So she goes to check what's just gushed out of me, and she pulls her hand out covered in motor oil. Um, Lots to process right there in that moment for both me and Alexia. But she goes back to Justine, and she's like, girl. So Justine brings her into the house, and she proceeds to take a pregnancy test. And boom, the pregnancy test is positive. It doesn't matter if it's a car or a man. Wrap it up, okay? We cannot be going through this. I cannot be witnessing the things that I'm witnessing. Either way, she then decides that she's got the best idea. Because one thing about Alexia, as long as she has that hairpin, she's going to do what she needs to do. So she proceeds to give herself an abortion using the hairpin. I won't even lie, I completely removed this scene from my memory. When I was watching this, like re-watching it, I was shooketh. I can remember so many things from this movie. I can remember almost everything from this movie. And yet, watching this girl give herself an abortion with her metal hairpin and you're hearing it and you're feeling it the acting and sound editing in this scene are so good when i actually really needed them to be extremely bad like i really needed her performance to be bad enough that it kind of like broke the illusion so i would be like yeah i'm watching a movie but sadly the acting was extremely good in the abortion scene so after this she goes to make out with justine on the couch for a little bit but Justine decides to lay her head on the baby bump, right? And I don't know if this is what sets off Alexia or if it's just the fact that Alexia likes to kill people. She proceeds to murder Justine and every single guest that was at the party in a gruesome massacre scene. Like, I saw a stool get used in a way that I never want to see a stool get used. So one woman does make it out of this massacre scene, but that doesn't really matter at this very moment because Alexia is now leaving. She's covered in a bloodied blanket and she needs to get rid of it, right? So she heads to her house to get rid of this blanket. She sets it on fire, but in doing so, she also sets her house on fire. Now, I don't know if you've forgotten the last like 45 seconds, but Alexia lives with her parents. So what does she do? She locks them in the house. Yeah, she said, you know what? let me just kill two birds with one stone and i don't know what it is for some reason every single time she does something like this in this movie i was shocked i continued to be shocked by her actions even though she gave me zero reason to be shocked by the things she continues to do throughout this movie but now that she has killed her parents and is wanted for murder she has to up the ante she can't just keep getting away with this you know so she has to figure out how she is going to get away with this and what better way to get away with a murder than to assume a missing person's identity. So she heads to the bathroom, she chops off her hair, she ace bandages up her boobs and her belly since it's now protruding with a baby in there, a little car baby. And she proceeds to take the identity of Adrian Legrand, who was the little boy that went missing 10 years ago so of course when you go to the police and you say hey i'm this missing boy from 10 years ago they call the father in so the father comes in and 
in a scene that I think is incredibly important because it tells you a lot about the father's character more than like anybody else's is the police officer says we can do a DNA test and get all that stuff done and the dad says what for and I think and I mean I feel like it's kind of like obviously hinted at that the father he knows he knows that this is not his son but he wants his son back he loved his son so he's like hey I really don't care I'm taking this little man home I am taking this boy home regardless of if he is or isn't my son so vincent who is adrian's father believing that he now has his son or at least he has something close to his son brings adrian back home to the fire station where he works the other firefighters there are a little bit confuzzled by alexia because they're like this most definitely is not our fire captain's son but they love vincent enough not to bring it up to him right they're like we're not even going to acknowledge the fact that this is a complete stranger pretending to be our fire captain's son and on to the topic of fire captain vincent we see that he's kind of got an insecurity that's what i'll call it he's got an insecurity involving his age and the fact that he's not going to be able to do as much as he used to as a fire captain and the way that he deals with this insecurity by injecting steroids and we can see that this is something that has gone on for a long time due to the amount of scars littering his body from where the needle injections would have been and vincent is an interesting character because we see that his masculinity is something that means a lot to him through the whole trying to preserve his strength through steroids and he's extremely overprotective with adrian and he's an extremely like rough kind of guy but when it comes to his son there is a level of like nurture love and gentleness there that you don't see in other scenes i mean literally when he gets adrian he even tells him if anybody comes near you or touches you i'll kill them and later on in the movie when some of the firefighters start to bring up their concerns surrounding adrian he shuts it down real quick and i find him to be a great i'm gonna say the word juxtaposition to alexia's character because when you think of genders and men and women you always kind of are like oh female is more gentle and she's nurturing and she's loving and when you see alexia at first you're obviously like she's very like pretty and she's very you know she's an exotic dancer and it's about her body and her outer beauty but on the inside she's a very twisted individual and then you compare that to vincent whose body is it's hard and he uses it simply as a tool and he's your stereotypical man i mean he is literally a firefighter and then his inside is just pure love for his son pure love for his other firefighters i mean not to the same extent as his son and i think that that juxtaposition of the two characters is so interesting and one of my favorite parts of this story because to me this is a love story but not in the romantic sense it definitely feels more like a movie about learning to love and learning unconditional love i think that is actually something that julia herself said involving either raw or this movie and how her films are about unconditional love and the way that it is hard to find but it is amazing to have and you can really see that with the character of vincent because 
he knows deep down that this is not his son but he really does not care but this loving nature that Vincent has is something that Alexia is not used to like I said she has a very strained and distant relationship with her family throughout the whole first act of the film even when she was a little girl you could tell that she did not connect with her father so Vincent's extreme overprotective nature that begins to show after he has received Adrian into his life and he begins to train Adrian as a firefighter it's something that Alexia does not like. She's not used to having somebody that actually cares where she's going. And all this causes her to basically want to escape from his grasp. But one night, right, she comes home and finds him on the floor after he has taken a large dose of steroids. And something in her just kind of decides, I'm going to be Adrian now. I am going to take care of this man who has been taking care of me and embrace him like he is a father of my own. We even get a few heart-filled moments, one with Alexia trying on a dress, looking at her pregnant belly, but when Vincent sees her, he's like, you are of course my son because little baby Adrian used to constantly try on his mother's dresses and now you're doing that. There's also another scene that I really liked because I felt like it really does highlight the differences between the two characters. There's a scene where they go to a house call, right, and they have to revive this man and for the first time, Alexia is doing the giving life instead of taking life. And I thought that it was just a great moment because the man who is not her father, who has taken her in and has shown her so much love and care and affection that she's never received, is literally somebody whose job is to save people. And her past, whoever knows how many years of her life, has literally been two. So sometime later, I'm guessing because she has heard the news that her son has returned, Adrian's real mother comes to stop by and see Adrian. From the jump, she does not believe that Alexia is Adrian, but her theory is confirmed when she walks in the room to see Alexia sitting on the floor, extremely pregnant. So she makes a slight threat to Alexia, but Mostly, if you also had lost your son and then you walk in a room and find out that some pregnant lady is pretending to be your son, you would be acting up too. So she does that, but then she also kind of leaves on a goodish note. She's like, I don't really care what you're doing, I don't trust you, I don't like you, but please take care of my ex husband. And then she leaves. Alexia and Vincent continue to bond as father and son until one day Vincent comes in the room. And he kind of lets us know that this whole time he has known that he's been being delusional. He comes and he says, I don't care who you are, okay, but you are going to be my son and you are my son and I love you and you're going to stay here as my son. During this like heartbreaking moment, Alexia reveals that she is a woman who is also pregnant, but Vincent doesn't care because like he just finished saying, you're my son and you're going to always be my son. So we're going to get to a very important and pivotal moment for me personally in this uh in this movie, so the firefighters are having a little bit of a party, right? The men are being men, you know, they're doing what guys do. They're dancing shirtless and pushing up against each other. Like, they're purely moshing and just getting all that good old testosterone out by rubbing up on each other and pushing down each other. Shirts off, red solos in hand. So Alexia is in the middle of all this thrashing and one of the men sees her so they decide they're gonna put her on top of the fire truck to dance, right? 
so that she can also get shirtless and start thrashing her body around but she una reverses it and she does her old performance that she did on the cadillac like she dances the way that she would dance in the showroom before and for some reason her dancing sensually on top of the car is more uncomfortable for the band it's a little bit more gay than them being shirtless sweaty and bumping on each other Either way, Vincent kind of shakes his head in disappointment and walks away, which I guess makes Alexia feel a little bit sad and <laughs> not as good. So later that night, you know what our girl does? She goes and fucks the fire truck. Yep. <laughs> you didn't learn the first time a car got you pregnant. I mean, I guess you can't get pregnant while you're pregnant. So I guess all I can say is good for her, you know? But after that, she wakes up the next morning and her body is slowly breaking down. It's ripping apart. You see the metal plates underneath it. So she makes her way back home to Vincent. And I guess since she's not used to having like familiar love, she tries to seduce him. He's not having it because hello, he literally just said you are his son. But the pain of labor begins to get too intense and difficult for her, so she, instead of seducing him, asks him for help to deliver her brand new metal baby. So in the beginning, I did say that this movie was built off of a dream that Juliet herself had, and that dream was that she was giving birth to metal parts, right? She was giving birth to, like, motor parts. Not even a motor baby, just the parts of a vehicle. And so she was like, I'm going to make a whole movie surrounding a woman who gives birth to a car baby. And boy, oh boy, does she deliver. This birthing scene is a wild time. You know, you're just seeing her body tearing open, splitting. Her stomach is ripping open. Motor oil is just seeping through every single crack and crevice. The bed is soaked in motor oil. Her head scar tears open and everything. Vincent is helping her give birth in one of the most just disturbing birth scenes if you've seen the multiple male birth scene in men 2022 then this kind of has the same vibe of just like what the fuck am i actually watching right now but she gives birth to a gorgeous half human half titanium baby her last push pushing out the baby kills her so in the end i guess she really did end up giving vincent the son that he wanted back um yeah that was titane 2021 i gave the movie four stars out of five i think that it is incredibly raw and at the time that it released it was an incredibly fresh film for me at least personally um i think that the performances are amazing and that the story feels both incredibly personal but also off enough that <laughs> i can't help but stay engaged with the story because i just need to see what the heck is going to happen next? It found a perfect way to balance fucked up and incredibly endearing. And I find that this movie has a great balance of love and horror mixed together. And this isn't really a part of my review, but when I saw the comment, it fully encapsulated what I love about this movie. And when I went to go put in my letterbox um rating somebody had reviewed it and just said gay son and thought daughter and honest to god that is exactly how i feel about this movie it is a perfect found family film um and if you love cars <laughs> then you will absolutely love this movie so i just want to say thank you all for listening to the podcast you can follow the podcast on apple spotify 
Google, Stitcher, wherever you feel like it. You can follow me on Twitter at Black Final Girl, and I will see you guys with another movie very, very soon. Definitely not next week, but very soon. <laughs>